welcome back everyone to another episode of Ask Why podcast. Um, today, Katie and I are going to be talking about something that's actually really close to our hearts and that is all things languages and why you should learn another language in your lifetime and, you know, the amount of advantages and door openings that can come from speaking another language. So that's the topic today. We'll get started with what we always do, which is what we asked ourselves this week. So Katie, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. I mean, we've been in freedom. We've been going out, going out to bars. Oh, yes. Yes. It's been Everybody, wonderful. congratulations on making it through lockdown. And I hope everyone's enjoyed the last two weeks where we've been freedom and been able to go out and all that. Gyms. It's been really nice. It's been so nice. Uh, a little bit overwhelming, like we were talking about in our last podcast, but yep. I've been doing like a good balance of like one weekend socializing and then one weekend sort of just like with family and just like chilling out. So that's been really good. What about you? How are you enjoying things? You're good. Yes, I feel like I've kind of exhausted my social battery already. I yeah, I, that's exactly how out. I feel. I went all out in um, week one, which was nice, like no regrets. I really wanted to see a lot of friends that I hadn't had the chance to see during lockdown. But now I'm honestly just focusing on work and working a lot. I racked up like 43 hours last week. So I'm just focusing on my job, going to the gym, just getting back into a routine that involves not being at home. Mm. So that's, that's a good. weird, that's the weird thing. Hey, like I've been like, Oh, I can go to the library. Oh, I can go to a cafe and, and mm. work and I don't have to just get takeaway. I can sit down and yeah. enjoy my coffee. Like, wow. I don't actually have to be inside the same four walls for the yeah. whole day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, what but... did you ask yourself this week? Okay. So I don't know about you, but in my apartment, I'm the one that does the cleaning right and so every Mm -hmm. Sunday I vacuum and like dust down the apartment and I mean maybe this seems like a stupid question but as I was cleaning today because I'm actually a little bit behind it's Tuesday but I only did the vacuuming for last (laughs) week today I was like what the fuck is dust because it collects so quickly like without fail within a few days of me vacuuming or wiping down the dust, there's just as much as there was like before I cleaned. Mm. And I don't know if anyone else listening to this is allergic to dust, but I'm quite allergic to dust. So every single time I clean, I no doubt. Yeah. I end up with a sniffly nose, like itchy neck, you know, it used to really trigger my asthma really badly. But anyway, I was just thinking like, what actually is it? And then I kind of regret looking up what it is because it just made it more disgusting. (laughs) I think I know what it is. It's basically like depending on where you are. So in this case, I'm talking about like being inside a house. It's up to 50% dead human skin cells. Yeah, I knew that. So that is from like either your hair, like eyebrows, like spit, like dead skin, all of that, like even like nails, And then on top of that, you've got dust mites, bacteria, like microscopic pieces of plastic, like different like soil particles and pollen, like especially if you have house plants and all that kind of stuff. And it's just an amalgamation of all of it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, I vacuum underneath my bed every week, but 
honestly, like on a Saturday, it's, it's fucking filthy. Like I don't know about you, but there's no like ventilation to get the dust out. So it builds up so quickly. So if anyone has any dust hacks, honestly, please let me know. It's so fucking annoying. Anyway, I was just curious because I was like, oh, where does it even come from? But now I know. Yeah. Wow. Thanks for that. Yeah. That was very enlightening, hey? Yeah. <laughs> what did you ask yourself this week? I sort of asked myself, like, why we worry so much about our jobs, like, why we care so much. I mean, I understand why we care so much. It's, like, reputation and, like, an income, of course, which is super important. But I don't know, like, I've been having moments where – and I was, I've been having this conversation with other friends as well. So, if Armstrong, if you're listening to the podcast, welcome. <laughs> yeah, just sort of talking about, like, you know, when you snap at your partner or, like, I can't do that, I can't go for a quick walk or go and get a coffee because you're so stressed out about work. And then it's like, hang on, you know, life is more important than my job and, like, connections with other people are so much more important than my job. So, just sort of, like, taking a step back and being, like, yes, income and corporate world is very – it has some sort of importance, but it's also to put important to put yourself first and like your friends and family. Yeah, it's like that Emily in Paris quote. Although yes, I always get yes. it the wrong I way. I knew around. you were going to bring that up. Yeah. Um. What is it? You live to work, not work to live. Yes. Or all the way around. No, all the way around. You work so that you can live and enjoy yourself. You don't wake up and live. Oh yeah, you don't live to, to work. work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah you're right sorry that's that's a really that's that's exactly what I was thinking about Mm -hmm. yeah I think it's important and I also think that depending on you know the kind of household you grew up in it'll depend on the way you interpret yes work and what job and all that kind of stuff and what culture like yeah culture is so different to the like western world of like you know the US and Australia yeah, I feel like there's definitely more work-life balance, even if you compare just there's a really good Michael Moore documentary called Wait, Where to Invade Next. Is more of a work-life balance in Europe than here? Yes. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. So there's a really good documentary by Michael Moore, who's quite a famous journalist, and it's called Where to Invade Next, and he's American, mm-hmm. right? And so he basically hops around Europe, quote-unquote, invading for america like ironically but instead of actually invading in terms of war he invades and like steals an idea that exists Ah. in that country so he goes to italy for example and he steals the fact that they have five weeks off every year and he's like i'm going to invade italy take their five weeks off that they have every year and take it back to the u.s and then he goes to germany where if you are you know, even tired from, from working, just like exhausted, you can go to a doctor, say that you are tired and you, that you need like a few days of relaxation. And I'm not talking a holiday, but like actual relaxation and they will send you to a sanitarium Wow. um, for that's like subsidized by your job, by the government. And you just get to like switch off for a few days and it's completely covered. It's like a retreat. Yeah, so he goes to Germany, he steals that. Then I think, like, in Norway, he steals, like, like something related to, like, the prison system that's more based on, like, teaching prisoners rather than, like, just keeping them locked up. Anyway, really great documentary. It's not on Netflix, but if I I think I have it somewhere in my computer (laughs) if you want to watch it. (laughs) That sounds really Um, good. I guess that's a really good segue into, like, languages and culture then. So, yeah. 
I think, Alexander, you have a really interesting way of, like, well, not way, you have an interesting story about how you've come about to learn all the different languages that you know. So please let us know. So, I mean, for me, I guess I've been somewhat lucky in the sense that I discovered a love for languages and learning different languages and understanding other people's cultures purely from the way that I was brought up. So I really have to give credit to my mom and dad in that sense. But, you know, being half Russian from a young age, I was taught to speak Russian at home. And I'll get onto this point a little bit later, but if you have like an, a different cultural background to the country that where you're living and that there's a different language involved as a child, I fucking hated speaking Russian. Like I absolutely hated it. Hated that my mom Mm. would force me to speak it and I would throw tantrums about it. And now being an adult, I could not be more grateful for how strict she was about it because it's really opened up like a bunch of doors for me. And then as you already know, I was fortunate enough to move overseas as a young child as well. So from about the age of seven, I lived in Germany for a few years where I picked up German. And then my parents really saw like value in learning a new language and not just learning it and then forgetting it as a child, but actually investing into that language. Hmm. So when we moved back to Australia, my parents used to send me on like holiday school camp things in Germany. So I've been able to completely maintain German fluency as well as Russian fluency. But growing up with that many languages like around you, plus just like moving around in general, gives you a completely different perspective of the way the world works Mm. around you. And, you know, you've definitely experienced that, you know, your story being in Italy, but I won't I won't talk on your behalf. You can. Oh, Alex is <laughs> also that. being very modest as well. Like first year uni, she's decided to learn French as well, and so now she's oh, learning yeah. like basic French. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot that language. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so I'll get onto it next. <laughs> so she also is learn. She's in the process of learning French. So she's like in your shoes, guys, of like trying to learn a new language and like, you know, getting really involved in it. But I myself am not as cultured as Alexina but I do stop. have to like same thing <laughs> stop. I do have to you know I'm super grateful for my parents like being able to take me and like go to travel and able to afford my exchange so basically my story was I in primary school we always learned Italian that was like the only language you could learn in primary school and I never like I enjoyed it but I never really like was super phase about it you know you sort of grow up with like a couple of kids in your class who were like are from Italian descent like I never really like looked at it too like too much looked into it too much and then when I was 12 so like year six in primary school my parents pulled me out of school for the month of September and they took us traveling for six to eight weeks around Europe and Italy was the first place we landed And I remember just walking out into the streets and just being like in awe, like it was like love at first sight. I was just in awe and like Rome was the first place we went and I just saw these like people in restaurants talking with their hands and like waving their hands around and people being talking so passionately. And I remember just watching it and my mum always says this too. And she's, I said, I turned to her and I said, I want to know what they're saying. I was Mm. in trance. I just needed to know what people were saying. And so I remember on that trip, like, buying books and trying to learn and then I came back and I did Italian all throughout high school and I like really committed myself to it and I thought everyone else felt the same way but then I realized like people in my class were like not interested at all 
And I was like, wow, this is crazy. And then I, in year 10, I went on exchange for three months living with a family and they didn't speak a word of English, which was the best thing ever. Cause like I'd just sit in the kitchen with the mum and like, she'd just talk at me and I just have to start learning what she was saying. And same thing mm. at school. Like you just have to sit there and like absorb it all. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I yeah. really, I haven't, I've had a look at like learning Spanish and like I've done a couple of like Duolingos, but whenever I learn another language, I feel like I'm cheating on Italian. Like, I don't know, I'm just in love with Italian. I can't go. No, but I think that's exactly the beauty in it. You know, I, people who speak English as a native language, as their mother tongue, I think don't realize how fortunate they are in oh, the yeah. sense that they really don't have to learn another language in order to get by, even if they do choose to go travel. The term lingua franca or like a bridging language you know, you have someone who could be born in Croatia and another person born in Argentina. So one speaks Spanish, the other speaks Croatian. And if they happen to meet in Germany, let's say, right, the chances of either of them speaking German are going to be quite little, but the chances of them speaking English is going to be quite high. So English is by far obviously considered the international language. And I think there's this sort of stereotype of laziness with a lot of English speaking countries around the fact that a foreign language isn't a very tight part of the school curriculum from a young age and it's not really taught or even like valued as a society to learn yeah, another language because it's kind of like well you already speak English everyone else will speak English but that's not the point the point is way beyond that and for me I think languages it's about opening doors in life I know that sounds very stereotypical and intuitive but had I not learned my languages like growing up, I would not see like my life path the way I see it mm. right now. And I think the same applies to you in the sense that like you discovering Italy when you were so, so much younger and then committing all that time towards learning Italian really opened up a door where, you know, we're planning on going to Europe together next year. Mm. Right. And you could argue that the foundation of that is really the language. Yeah. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. For me, I feel like learning a language, of course, you know, it opens doors, it opens your mindset, but I think it's connecting with people on a deeper level. And I think that is really important to me. I mean, yes, you can speak in English, but you're not, they're not speaking in their natural way, if that makes sense. And like, mm. you know, I just, from my personal opinion, like when I see to, like foreigners in Italy and like speaking, you know, with their American accents and it just feels like they're not, trying to get to know people they're not trying to you know say thank you or hello or order anything like it's just it's sort of a sign of respect for me and yeah I don't know completely. people people sound and speak differently in their own languages and like it's just really important yeah. to do me you, sorry do you find that you have like a different personality when you speak Italian oh yeah yeah I, I'm the same with like my other like when I speak Russian, because I've associated with like my family for so long, I feel like I'm this like timid, shy child when I speak Russian <laughs> versus English where I'm like this loud, like bubbly, outgoing personality that I am with my friends. Mm. Um, but going back to your point on travel and respect, if if someone travels to a foreign country and has already set the expectation that no matter where they go, someone will speak English without even considering or trying to learn the mm -hmm. basics of that language. It's 
fucking rude yeah <laughs> like it, it it that's just the way it is like if you go to france and you don't even learn how to say like bonjour merci c'est to play like the absolute fundamentals basics, and basics yeah. then do not go there because you, you you don't actually have the respect to learn anything about the culture you're just going to tick a checkbox and say that you've you've been to that place you know if yeah. you really want to understand the way that a society works and you know just like really understand a country for what it is then you need to have some basic understanding of what the language is. I'm not saying yeah. go and like learn it fluently before you travel there. Oh yeah. But you know, just so you have some please kind say of say hello, thank you. May I please have this? Like just the simplest basics. Yeah. And now like there's honestly no excuses with how easy it is easy, to use yeah. Google Translate or you know, Lonely Planet does like those little um like introductory language books to like certain countries, which helps you like get around like for example, like how to order a pizza or like mm. how to find a hotel or ask for directions. I mean, you can even like just search up on TikTok, like Japanese or Japan or Italy or France. Yeah. And like people are teaching people how to speak languages or like how like words for ordering a gelato, words for ordering a coffee. Like you can find these things and they're easily at your fingertips. Yeah. And even just like purely based on the brain and the way the brain yeah. understands languages i was just gonna say you are that. you are not doing like you are only doing good for your brain if you try and and learn a language like not only are there so many studies proving that it can delay um like aging in the sense of like alzheimer's because you use different parts of your brain that you wouldn't mm. normally use i can't quote which ones they are but um, and learning another language, I saw a really good quote. It was like training, training your brain. Like it's like taking your brain to the gym yeah, and like exactly. working its muscles. That's what really frustrated me when you were saying before that some like school systems and curriculums are saying that they, if you speak English, you don't need to learn another language. Like I just couldn't disagree more. Like it's just such a different way to use your brain. Like you can feel yourself like using a different part of it and like you're thinking harder and you're you've got different ways you're learning this language through writing, through reading, through listening and through speaking. Like that's the four main things, right? Yeah. And comprehension. So it's just really interesting. Like, you know, you might be weaker in writing, but you can speak better or like vice versa. It's just like, I just find it so intriguing. Not to mention, I think that if anyone goes out and decides to learn another language, by learning another language, you will have a better understanding of your own native tongue because you mm. actually then have to learn how a language is built and yeah, like I verbs remember and grammar and all correct that. right because I think the older you get you know I'm talking like beyond the age of like six seven right you don't really do the whole like verbs adjectives things in school because the language is already ingrained into your brain without actually understanding the building bricks behind it. It's mm. purely because you've heard it phonetically mm. and therefore understand how to speak it. Versus if you learn French in high school, for example, at the age of 15, and then you're learning about feminine versus masculine verbs and like conditions and past tense, future tense, like just the way that an actual language has to be built and the puzzle pieces put together means that when you then look back at English, you have a different understanding of the way that the language is actually built. Um, 
And some people might say that that's really boring, but I personally find it incredibly interesting. No, and same. there's a whole set of study dedicated to linguistics and phonetics. Um, and for me, I think, you know, the complete baseline is that the fact that we make different sounds with our mouth and it means different things is yeah. completely astonishing to me. Yeah. And there are so many languages out there. It's actually insane. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And not even just languages, but dialects as well. In Italy, each region has their own dialect, which yeah. just like is mind-blowing to me. And the reason they have all these dialects is because of like revolution and like, you know, history comes into all of this as well. Like the reason yeah. there's so many dialects is because Italy didn't become one until 18. Oh, my Italian teacher would kill me now. 18 something something the 19th century (laughs) (laughs) but um 1848 there we go i knew i was right 1848 is when it became unified so the reason so that was a long time for them to have like different dialects and they didn't all come together to one language until later on interesting i think uh, yeah if you really look at the study of linguistics like the the amount of stuff you can learn about civilization and migration purely from a language is really quite fascinating. I mean, Mm. English, for example, didn't actually even originate in England. It originated in Germany. And is actually a diminutive of the, like it's a Germanic language technically. And then the reason that we have, the reason that we have so many French words in the English, in the modern English language is because when William the Conqueror came from Normandy and conquered England and became the King of England, he made French the official language Ah. in the UK. And so people integrated it into that language, into the English that existed. And so today we have words like, um, what's one I can, like even mortgage, for example, is actually like a French word or, um, I can't think of any other top of my mind, but you know what I'm saying? Like there's a bunch of words in English that come from French. Um, And then you obviously have, I mean, everyone probably knows like the romance languages, like French, Spanish. Is Italian a romance language? I think so. Let's do another live Google search. Yeah. So languages just really crazy. The amount of stuff you can show about history. Yeah. French, Italian, Spanish, Portuguese, Romanian, other romance languages. Languages. So there's a lot of French words in the English language that we might not even realize have come from France. And in the same way, languages keep on developing without us even realizing. And that comes with just societal changes as well as technological developments. I mean, you know, no one in the 60s would have known of the word internet for example, right? They wouldn't have known about the World Wide Web or how to, you know, Google search. So there are constantly like new words being added to every single language. Um, I think the stat for English, depending on where you read online, it says says about four to 5,000 new words are added into a colloquial dictionary each year. So just like spoken language, but then about a thousand are actually added to like an official dictionary whether that be the oxford dictionary collins dictionary etc etc so yeah i mean i think like i think when we were younger like when we were in high school chuggy wasn't you know no one used the word chuggy 
but now like on TikTok, it's quite like a widely used term. So from languages, you also have all this different kind of slang. And I find it so interesting, like when you learn a language in a classroom, I think the biggest thing that they fail to teach you is slang and colloquial terms Mm. because they kind of, the way that they teach you is really based on like this almost washed down version of the language so you really only have the building blocks but you don't actually have the like culture and society around that language to help you understand it yeah Um, I mean that was like for me why exchange was so important like I sort of had the building blocks and like the basic understanding and then like the culture and like colloquialism and like speaking sort of like all came like for me when I was on exchange yeah because I mean there are so many examples where like backpackers in Australia for example would be like what the fuck are you saying and I'm like oh do you not know this word like it's Australian for whatever I think like I don't know what do we say like goon right it's not like if they come from Argentina their Argentinian English teacher isn't going to be like oh yes wine is goon in Australia so the way that languages actually work another example is like learning German yes and no is ja and nein but the majority of at least young people when they say no they say no and you would never be taught no in school you would just be taught nein so just that whole like respect of languages I find incredibly interesting but going back to like you know why why you should learn one and why Katie and I would really recommend learning one just goes back to this whole like opening doors and the way that you could fall in love with something that you never really ever considered Mm. just by learning another language because you just don't know where that could lead you to. Um, And there are so many resources out there, free resources, might I add. So if someone's interested in learning a language, you really have no excuse (laughs) yeah as well like I know it can be overwhelming though seeing like all these free resources and not knowing where to start I guess just like starting like especially if you already know which language you want to learn and you're in love with this culture and language like but you don't know it yet just you have to just start you know like it's just start somewhere yeah exactly um but you know and the easiest thing you can do as well is literally just like searching up italian music or you know french music or watching um french movies on netflix and putting english subtitles like you know myself i don't speak french and i I, you know i know a few basic words but i love watching foreign films like french films and german films with english subtitles you just like pick up a few words or just like hearing someone speak it is really beautiful so that's just such an easy way to get started um yeah just a quick disclaimer I'm gonna chuck in here Katie and I have obviously learned mainly or not even mainly like exclusively European languages like throughout our upbringing um and that's just based on what we've been exposed to but there are so many other languages out there that are not just concentrated to Europe and so people you know if you are thinking of learning a language you know you think beyond just French and Spanish and Italian. There are literally, according to SpeakT, there are about 7,110 languages spoken on earth. So there are so many, so many languages to choose from. And talking exclusively just about European languages is quite 
privileged and so I oh, think I just yeah. want to point out that we yeah do 100%. Recognize that. we just we have this huge fascin- fascination with <laughs> Europe and European languages but yes there's heaps like my little brother is obsessed with Japanese and he's learning Japanese at the moment um, and I know that's just something he really likes and you know there's so many Mandarin I know a few words in Arabic that's that's yeah. Yeah. I know how to say my name is Alexina in Arabic Go. Anna Isme Alexina. Wow. <laughs> I would love to learn Arabic. That'd be so interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. such a cool language, like the characters and everything as well. Yeah, 100%. But yeah, going back to resources, like there are so many. And if you don't know where to start, then honestly, Duolingo is probably the easiest route you can take. It's like, you know, they treat the language learning like a game. And it's broken down very simply. And what I do actually like about Duolingo is the fact that they go straight into like sentences. Like you're not just learning how the grammar works, for example, which can be very boring if you go to like a language school or something, but it goes straight into like, I am a girl. How are you? I want bread, you know, that kind of stuff, which is, which is actually really useful. Yeah. I think as well, like Google translate doesn't, show you the full grammar like you can write a sentence but it's not like grammatically correct like you know for example like I can't think of one but yeah like the reflexive verbs and all of those like the Google Translate doesn't pick that up so that like you were saying like Duolingo is a really great way to start but grammar is like super important you can just buy books like with grammar like from your international like bookstores and stuff they have like workbooks and things like that that you can get started with or like just like short courses and free courses like if you go to the consulate of the country that you're interested like the of the language you're interested in learning in your city or country they you can usually like show you some really good language schools or just like searching up online yeah I mean even in Sydney we have Alliance Francaise if you want to learn French which is like right in the city and you can do like holiday courses and stuff if you're willing to spend money on it I I did yeah I did the Dante Alighieri one which is like the Dante one Italian one the Italian one was good that they did like helped with our HSC like our final high school exam once yeah, I did the same for German. I went to the Goethe Institute, which is in Wallara, actually, and that's where I got my C1 certification, so my fluency accreditation. Oh, Flex. <laughs> um, but speaking of, like, grammar um, and the way that, you know, a lot of s- second languages are taught, it, it is split into those um, five realms, or was it four? Speaking, speaking writing, reading, listening, grammar listening doesn't really I mean listening and speaking kind of similar but I feel like a lot of schools not just you know high school primary school university but also language specific schools focus way too much on grammar yes and learning and I feel like speaking yeah I they think they focus so much on grammar, reading and writing when I think that speaking is literally one of the most important things like that you can have like probably yeah. listening, sorry, sorry. Listening, speaking and reading is probably the most important. Writing like you don't really like write letters anymore or like you probably just need to write a text message. Even even with grammatical errors, right? If you know how to speak 
you could you should very simply at least if it's another latin alphabet language be able to type it out at least phonetically and that's again like because when you go to when you go to schools, right? Like they're teaching you how to make sure that the language is 100% correct. And mind you, if you're in high school and you are studying a language because you want to then go study in said country, then yeah, okay, you should probably focus on your grammar a bit more because if you end up going to a university and it's taught in a foreign language, you need to make sure that obviously your essays and stuff are up to a level as a native speaker. But I think for you and I more so, like at least me with like my French, um and you with italian it's like less so about the grammar and being able to write an essay in another language instead of it actually being about speaking and experiencing the country and understanding the culture and just being able to like really deep dive Mm. into daily life in that country Mm. do you agree yeah yeah definitely (laughs) um yeah, I'm finding now that, like, I'm definitely needing to, like, up my Italian, like, looking at apartments or, like, you know, looking at jobs and, like, looking at job descriptions. I'm like, wow, okay, like, my Italian, like, it's really going to level up now. Like, it's, this is a whole nother level. But for the basic learner, like, yeah, I just think just the, the basic expressions and, like, basic grammar is super important because you don't want to be saying, like, because if you I'm not sure like how it is with French and German but I'm sure it's the same but like if you say things it can mean different things I mean you know with grammar there are obviously going to be things that are very important like in German the entire sentence structure is completely different to English so if you were to mimic English sentence structure and simply replace it with German words um, you're going to get a sentence that doesn't make sense Mm. so you still have to like understand grammar to a certain extent I think I'm more trying to say that the focus in schools when you learn a second language is placed too heavily on grammar. Like it should definitely be placed more on speaking. And going off that, no matter how hard you, like if you enjoy languages and you want to learn languages, no matter how hard you sit in a classroom and study, unless you go and live in a country that speaks that language and you are forced to wire your brain to speak another language rather than sit in a classroom for two hours and do translating exercises, you're not going to pick it up. Like you're not going to pick it up in a memorable way. Um, The only way that I was able to ingrain German into my head, like after we moved out of Germany was because my parents sent me back to Germany to study it every single class that I had in Australia even at the Goethe Institute yes it was very good at just helping me get by but it wasn't it wasn't the kind of teaching that actually ingrained the language into your mind to the point where now when I don't have anyone to speak German with because none of my close friends speak German when I do call my friends in Germany for example I can just switch relatively easily yes I forget some words but I know that if I were to go back to that country within a week I would be comfortably yeah. speaking again and I'm sure that's yeah. how you feel with Italian I hope as well. so I, like, yeah. I feel like I'm <laughs> it's like well, we'll find out next year yeah we'll find out like I feel like yeah it's been a while because I sort of I finished my studies last year I haven't completely finished them but like I've been out of Italian class for what over like nine months so that's 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 
that's the thing but yeah I feel like hopefully once I throw myself back out there it'll be good even if you are interested in a language like and you find someone who is Italian or Japanese or whatever like meet with them for coffee like you know learn as much as you can from them like be around them all the time like you'll be naturally attracted to them anyway or like not (laughs) not romantically or anything but naturally like attracted (laughs) like you'll be drawn to them because you're like oh they speak this language I want to learn and like go for coffees and you know go to their house for dinner and learn you know as much as you can um that's you just want to learn that I think learning it colloquially is like the best thing you can do yeah 100% like the quickest and easiest way to learn a language is let's say you want to move you want to learn Arabic probably move to like Abu Dhabi or something Maybe not Dubai because Dubai is very like whitewashed, but moves like Abu Dhabi or whatever. Yeah. Or if you want to learn, if you want to learn Afrikaans, like move to Johannesburg, you know, yeah. it, that's going to be by far the quickest way to learn a language, but obviously that's not feasible. Feasible for everyone. So yeah. Going I think- to that like local area where you can, like if there's one in your like city or area, like Melbourne mm. has a lot of Italians or like we in Sydney we have Leichhardt and like I'm always there like just lapping mm. it up as much as I can and the, you know going to yeah. finding events in your area like the movie like film festivals or museums like just take all the culture I find in. even like working in hospitality not yes. so much yes now, not right now like, in Australia of COVID. <laughs> yeah yes but pre-COVID yes right? I agree I was gonna say that this city was bustling with people from all over the place and there is like I for sure on a night at work could have easily practiced my German my French and my Russian all in yeah, one night with work, different people yeah I used to work with a lot of Italians in my old restaurant job or even going to a restaurant where it is Italian or French or whatever and like speaking to the waiters like even on your birthday on your 21st I yeah not the, sure Ita- the guy else. was Italian not sure about anyone else but after a few drinks my Italian whoa I'm fluent I'm fluent by that point because <laughs> I'm so confident and yeah, I remember just chatting to him and, like, you know, speaking to waiters in other restaurants and other parts of the world. Like, that's hospitality is, like, where it's at. But speaking, like, on that point of confidence, when you acquire a language enough, you know, if anyone's familiar with the European framework of, like, levels, like, let's say you're at about B1. Do you, do you know the European framework? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So A1 is considered absolute like beginner you don't know anything and it goes a1 a2 b1 b2 c1 which is considered fluent and then c2 is considered like professional fluency right and that's the highest one you can get i'm saying that a lot of the time you know your wait what's your rank in german i'm c1 in russian i've never sat a test for it because i just speak it at home with my family damn I so I think at university I was C the lower probably get, one. I think you're at C1. Yeah. So I yeah. was a like, mix of B2, C1. Yeah. Well, no, I was just going to say, like, when you do learn a language, right, for example, I'm, like, A2 in French. I'm not very good at French, right? And but because... you're trying so hard. You are, like, really putting yourself into it. Yeah, but because I kind of trick myself into thinking, I'm like, oh, French is my weakest language. I'm not that good. My barista, for example, he's from France. And so he'll always try and speak to me in French. And then I always chicken out 
saying, haha, like I can't do it, right? Because I'm scared of making a mistake, right? The same way that after you had had a drink at my birthday, you were no longer, like I presume, you were no longer scared of making mistakes in Italian. So you felt much more comfortable and at ease to just blabble on. Mm -hmm. And I think that really links with confidence. Like if you speak a language with confidence, even with grammatical errors, right, you are far, like far more likely to actually be better, like get better at it because you're putting yourself in uncomfortable situations where you otherwise may have not spoken that language. Yeah. Does that make sense? Th- yeah, a hundred percent. Like yeah. I think learning a language is like learning how to do anything, bike ride, walk, um, dance classes. Like you have to be scared to trip and fall and, you know, make mistakes right. here and there. Like that's just how it's going to be. But from those mistakes, you're going to learn that um, when you say you, like, you know the female the like the feminine and the male masculine like you know you're gonna learn all of that along the way and like you have to say belle not belly and like all these things for women and female like you you learn from your mistakes that's how it, it always works yeah i think the other thing based on that is don't be scared like don't be scared to learn another language and this whole I I think a lot of people say that unless you've acquired a language when you're young, you're basically fucked and you might as well not bother. That is not true, right? Yes, as you get older, it is harder to learn things, but there have been studies that have shown that it is only harder to learn things because your brain tricks you into thinking that because you're old, you cannot learn it. It's not because your brain doesn't have the capacity to do so. It's because... Mm you are thinking to yourself, oh, I'm 21. I'm too old to learn a new language, right? But if you really wanted to, you could probably become a polyglot by the time you're 25, if you really like wanted to try. So don't be afraid, throw yourself in the deep end and just go for it. If that's what you want to do. Me personally, I have always had the goal to speak five languages fluently by the time I'm 25. So I know that once we go to Europe next year, I'll definitely want to spend like quite a bit of time in France to practice my French. And then after that, I actually really would love to learn Norwegian. Wow. So maybe I'll go to Nor- Norway. Yeah. I was also looking into doing masters in Norway because it's free. Well, yeah. For, for international students. So yeah, but you know, you just have to you can't Pretty see my hand there. gestures because this is a podcast, but I'm just like you know, throw yourself out there. Throw yourself out there. My mum, like when I first, when I started learning Italian in year seven, my high school at the time was offering like adults classes in the evening. And my mum took it up and she did like two years of Italian and she took some like classes at a local TAFE and like she loved it. And like, she was like, what, like in her late forties at the time, early forties. And like, she just like you know you can pick up a language at any age any time like you can't you don't have to just be younger or learn it when you're a baby yeah yeah and I think a lot of it just like any other thing that you decide to put your mind to in your life it's it's discipline with yourself right I absolutely adore both my parents and but my my dad never decided never to learn Russian because he was just simply of the mindset that he's very like old school, right? In the Mm. sense that he was like, I live in Australia. I don't really need to learn Russian to get by, right? And mum already spoke English. So they've always communicated in English. 
but even like now, right? Like my grandma is quite old and my dad looks after my grandma and every single time, cause my dad's the only one with enough physical strength to look after grandma. Right. Mm. But when he goes to look after grandma, mom has to go with him anyway, just to basically sit and be a translator. Yeah. Right. And so I think for a lot of like culturally diverse families or immigrant families or second generation families, you know, younger children can lose that the tie to their culture and their background and their ethnicity if they don't speak that language or maybe not lose it completely but it becomes a lot harder to maintain that bond because I wouldn't have a bond with my babushka if I didn't speak Russian she doesn't speak English she's lived in Australia for 20 years but she came to Australia when she was like 69 or 68 Mm. at that age fair enough you're not going to expect someone to to really mm-hmm, learn English yeah. she had the basics but now she you know she's forgotten everything and because she just stays at home it's like she doesn't she doesn't know how to speak English and when I come over I only speak Russian with her and if I didn't if my mom did not force me to speak Russian as a child I would have an immense amount of guilt now as a 21 year old and not being able to communicate with her yeah I see like as well a lot of Italian Australians who don't speak Italian fluently and like same thing like their grandparents you know when they get older they forget English and they just you know revert back to their first language and they can't communicate with their grandparents and that's so sad and then I see them in Italian classes and the Aussies me myself are speaking better than the Italian Australians because they just like have completely forgot but sometimes for them as well it like comes across as cocky they're like oh I'm Italian like I can speak Italian and then Mm. they end up not knowing the grammars or like how to say things correctly or like they're speaking dialect they're not speaking Italian so yeah I think the biggest thing for a lot of immigrant families or at least like the biggest reasoning I've heard from you know people my age who are like of a different ethnicity to Australian and why they don't speak their native language is because the parents thought that by immigrating to another country they were putting their children in a bad place like in terms of like maybe bullying in school or having an accent or that kind of thing or not assimilating fully into the new country if they were taught their native language. And I think it's really sad that a lot of people have felt that way in their, you know, migration stories like around the world. Like, you know, I I mean, this might sound dramatic. It doesn't necessarily apply to mainstream spoken languages, but that's how languages die out. Yeah, 100%. Right? Like if, if, if it's not passed on, right, obviously yeah. English isn't going to die out, French isn't going to die out, Italian isn't going to die out anytime soon, but soon, sorry. But if we look at, you know, other languages, if, if they're not being passed on to the generation that comes after you, then that's how they disappear. Yeah, I mean, I've been very fortunate that, I mean, you know, my, my family hasn't had to immigrate or anything like that. But yeah, I can imagine there's like a huge sense of like shame and not shame, but more just like, you know, you're, you're, you stand out a lot as an immigrant, I can imagine. And like your language and you eat different things at school. And from what I've seen and heard mm. from other people's like migration and immigration stories, it just, it must be like really difficult. Yeah, especially accents. I mean, my mom even like after 20 years in English speaking countries is still really like nervous about her Russian accent yeah. and hates speaking in public. 
Like even when she goes to the shop, she like shies away. And it's like, mom, you know, you know, English doesn't matter about your accent. Who cares? You know what I mean? I think it's, it goes back to the whole confidence thing that we were talking about earlier. Like if you have the confidence to do anything really, like it doesn't just apply to languages, then, you know, what is it? Fake it till you make it. Exactly. That's what it's (laughs) all about with languages. A hundred percent. But yeah, I did find out like some fun facts. I think I've mentioned most of them. You've mentioned most of them. Yeah. But there is one that I found quite interesting. So of about the 8 billion people in the world, around 4 billion people's native language falls into a pool of 23 languages. Does that make sense? No, not at all. So like, so like there's 7,000 there's 7, plus languages on earth. Yeah. But half the world only speaks 23 of those languages right. natively. So we're talking about Mandarin, Spanish, Arabic, Russian, English, like all the most common ones. So the other 4 billion people on this planet are speaking another 7,050 languages. Yeah, wow. That Just by speaking of that statistic, most of them we've probably never even heard of. I was (laughs) going to say the... the fact that I found the most interesting in interest I cannot say interesting today <laughs> Fucking hell. I think the most interesting fun fact you oh my fucking god I can't <laughs> the most interesting fun fact that you have down here is that the easiest and the hardest languages to learn yeah so I yeah got I here agree. from from Babel the most easiest languages to learn are Norwegian, Swedish, Spanish, Dutch, Portuguese, Indonesian, Italian, French, and Swahili. Whilst Swahili. The hard- Swahili. While yeah. the hardest ones are Mandarin, Arabic, Polish, Russian, Turkish, Danish. Do you feel like a flex that you know one of the hardest languages? <laughs> yeah, a little actually. But there's no way like now that I would, like if I didn't speak Russian natively, that I would go and speak it. Mainly all the hardest languages on that list it's it's because they're all in a, a different alphabet as well as the fact that it's a complete new language. Yeah. I mean, Arabic, for example, you have to completely rewire your brain to not only read from left to right, but read from right to left. Yeah. And then you have to learn a complete new set of, of calligraphy yeah. and characters. And the same with Mandarin or if you did Shanghainese or Cantonese or, you know, any one of those. And with Russian, it's the Cyrillic alphabet which even after 21 years of looking at it, I still find intimidating. Mm. (laughs) So, but I actually, what I found interesting about the easiest languages that they noted, I did not expect Nordic languages to be on that list because Nordic languages are sort of, or at least within the European family of languages they they are usually considered the more difficult ones yeah but i think that applies more so to danish icelandic and finnish mm-hmm. they're the difficult ones whereas norwegian and swedish according to Babel, the grammar structure actually is super similar to um english because they are also germanic languages in their in their foundations like yeah. the fundamentals of the language are germanic and so if you've ever watched a series like Scum, Scam, whatever you want to yeah. say, yeah, or just like I've seen that, yeah, yeah, or if you listen to like a YouTube clip of someone talking Norwegian, like it kind of does sound like English. Yeah. If you weren't, if you weren't an English speaker, 
right? Like let's say you're Arabic and you hear mm. someone speaking Norwegian, the phonetics of the language are quite similar to English. Yeah, this is I mean, quite interesting. IKEA is from Norway, correct? Sweden. Sweden. Well, they're neighbors. Say, same, same, different. You're saying Swedish is also one of the yeah Swedish uh, easiest languages. Yeah. I mean, you look at the the IKEA like there's similar words in there. Yeah, and even like so in Swedish, the word for high is spelt H E J. Yes, but you still say like high. Happy. Yeah. Right. So it's yeah. really just about like learning a different way of like spelling something. Then just another random fact I've got down here is that, you know, languages aren't just exclusive to characters and alphabets. In Botswana, there is a clicking language where they literally make like clicking sounds from the back of their throat to mean different things. Like, yeah, that is crazy. I mean, and even yeah. like Native Americans as well, like throat singing. I find that super interesting as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, just like the fact that we can make different noises and they mean different things is crazy. Like, for example, in Italian, there's dog and meat, right? Mm. There's, there's these two words. There's carne and then there's when you roll your R, carne. So one means meat and one means dog. So you, dog. Could, be, you could say that we're eating dog tonight instead of we're saying we're eating meat tonight. So just the way if you don't roll your R's, the word could mean a completely different thing. Yeah. Or just, you know, like a somewhat similar one is like in Russian the word for hello is privyet which if you really tried to anglicize that sounds like private yeah right and so for someone who didn't speak English or Russian it's just crazy like I just think it is absolutely crazy when you think about the way that humans have developed to to communicate with one another and just the way that even alphabets have been derived or even if you look at the history i mean if you just look at mandarin for example the way that the language is based on characters instead of an alphabet is so difficult for us as english speakers to comprehend and the amount of different tones and everything in the language was or like japanese has like four different alphabets right they have like Mm. kanji yes something my brother told me that yeah so it's just it's so beautiful in a way, like just how diverse it is. And I think my main point really is that you can do absolutely no harm to your understanding of the world, to your understanding of society and to your understanding of self if you learn another language, yeah, even if you just 100%. try to learn another language, you know. Just even learning how to say hello, thank you, may I please have this. Yeah. You might find you really, really enjoy it. Correct. So I think that kind of brings us to the end of our episode. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be back soon, hopefully talking a bit about why everyone should be investing, which is I know an episode Katie's really looking forward to. No, I I do need to invest though. (laughs) If I'm going to move overseas, I need to invest some money before I go. Yeah. So I think that's, that's what we've got planned for next time. It'll be a super helpful episode, I think, to a lot of um people especially girls because i think that you know we're not really taught about that kind of stuff when we should be so yeah wherever you might be listening from i hope that you're having a great day or a great evening and we'll see you very soon see you soon guys bye Bye.